0: All right, everybody, welcome to Can We Be Real, episode five? Episode five. And I'm excited because with me, I've got my father in law and my brother. So mm-hmm. introduce yourself, tell them who you are. Well,
1: I'm Lane Dietz, uh, the pastor that built this church. I, mm-hmm. how, what would you say? The founding, musical, pastor, founding pastor. Founding pastor. <laughs> We uh, farmed it in nineteen. What? What is it? Nineteen? You, you built it. I can't remember. Nineteen ninety-seven, <laughs> ninety-eight. Is when we
0: need Pamela because she would be. <laughs> have <it> right
1: there. <laughs> yeah. After about twenty years, your memory gets a little slow. Yeah, hey, I'm telling you. Anyway, we got I had twenty-five years pastoring anyway. So.
0: And next up, my brother, introduce yourself.
2: Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Terrence McLean. Great to meet everybody here. I'm an author. I'm an educator, and I'm just a lover of Jesus.
0: Come on now. Come mm, on now. Oh, right. our coffee cup of the day. Yeah, yeah. Is from New Mexico. I went. Oh, aliens. To, yeah, I went to my trip it. to uh, the Grand Canyon. <laughs> okay. Roswell, New Mexico. Right. And uh, this city that I got this from is known for there was a weather balloon. That crashed and everybody thought it was a UFO and they found out it wasn't, but the whole city sold out on it. And now their biggest money pool is alien stuff. Yeah. Everything there. They is have a show on stuff. CW. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's 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 wild. So that's where the coffee cup is today. If you want to add a coffee cup. Oh, hold on. Jorge the mic man told me I need to switch it. So no. I'm excited about today. Yeah. This is a conversation that you and I've had quite a few times. And it's the subject of transition. Mm -hmm. It's the subject of, was it secession planning? Was that what we called it?
2: That's what it is.
0: People see what you and I went through, what we accomplished, and what we got to do together And they were amazed by it because it's a very different situation. So let's start the story out. Give me a brief history. You haven't always been a pastor. No. What what, what did you do before pastoring?
1: Well, I did a lot of things. Uh, I graduated high school. I did a few little odd jobs. And then I always wanted to be a police officer. Okay. And I couldn't be one until I was 20. So when I turned 20... uh applied for the police department got on and served uh about nine years in Seguin and another year in Luling, which is a little city twenty miles away from yeah. here and then after that i in between that time uh being a police officer uh from Seguin to Luling, I got saved I met the lord oh and, wow. uh serving being a cop and not knowing Jesus, and then being one that knows Jesus makes a whole lot of difference. I bet. You know, you pray about everything. Yeah. And believe it or not, I got in a whole lot more situations in a smaller town like Luling. but the Lord, I have all kinds of testimonies how the Lord got me out of those things and the situations that we had.
0: You weren't a pastor when you got the call to ministry, were you? No. Where were you working?
1: I was working uh, for a... A poultry plant. I was a foreman for a a chicken poultry plant loading trucks and shipping them out to restaurants. Okay. And uh, I was sitting at my kitchen table studying and reading the Bible and praying. And uh, back in my mind, I thought, well, you know, maybe one day, I don't know. You know, you get these thoughts, but I was reading. I don't even know what scripture I was reading, but I, I was reading it. Suddenly... Uh, a real impression, real strong impression on my spirit about ministry. Mm-hmm. And the Lord began to speak to me about ministry. But it was another 14 years before I got into ministry full time. Oh, wow. But all those other times in between, I I preached on Wednesday nights and did Bible studies, and we did things in our home and stuff like that, preparing me for ministry.
0: So when you started the church, it was... In a living room, right?
1: Yeah. I At that time, by that time, I was working for Mobile Oil Corporation. Okay. And uh, I was working offshore, and then I'd come home for a week at a time, and then on that weekend, we'd have a Bible study in my house. Yeah. And uh, we had about started with about six people just having And then...
0: You know something about that. You've been with a church of well, yeah. what was? You, yeah,
2: we we had a church about maybe 20 on a good Sunday. <laughs> um, on a regular Sunday, maybe about 10 people at the church. So, yeah, I know a little bit about small churches. You know about that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I know about
2: that life.
0: So, what made the transition what, when you guys went from inside to the building?
1: Well, we got too big. Yeah. Uh, it kept growing and growing. And, you know, we didn't advertise. It was just the people. Really? We were receiving, you know, and what I was teaching on stuff, you know, it's sort of, I, I was experienced, I had uh, experience in the charismatic renewal where the yeah. Holy Spirit mm-hmm. blew through the church, and I was teaching a lot of uh, faith stuff and charismatic Holy Spirit stuff, and people yeah. were hungry. And it just started uh, growing, and then we had to find a little building. And uh, believe it or not, by that time uh, that I wanted to move into to start a church, Mobile was downsizing because the oil prices were going down and offered me a package to quit mm-hmm. mobile. Oh, wow. And I took the package, and the package was they would pay me for six months just like I was working. So it's like. <laughs> because the, company, the ministry couldn't support me at that time. But right. mobile was still supporting me.
0: So mobile was the first supplier of you being in the ministry.
1: Right, exactly. So, On, for its finances, right.
0: So how many buildings have have you guys been? You went from we're, house,
1: we in a house, and then from a little uh, about an eight hundred square foot building, yeah, to a uh, building that they kind of remodeled for us, which was about two thousand square feet, mm-hmm. and then that that didn't get big enough. I mean, we got through that, and then uh, we started praying about a new building, something bigger, and then. All of a sudden, somebody offered us uh, these eight acres out here for free yeah. to build a church on. So we got eight acres that we got, which helped finance the building because that, on I mean, this 123, that's quite expensive property. And so this is the third building here. And oh, wow. we got 15,000 square feet here.
0: So mm-hmm. uh, you get the call to the ministry, mm-hmm. start from the living room. Mm-hmm to the storefront, no, to, to all of a sudden now, I mean, you're in the ministry, and then in walks your son-in-law.
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't that that easy, but no. I mean. <laughs> I didn't know you was my son-in-law right. at the no, time. You we're going to be my son-in-law. Uh-uh. And I didn't know you had a call.
0: Yeah. When did but you, God did. When, when did you know I had a call?
1: Well, I don't rightly remember. I think we just were talking about it because you, you met Chelsea. Yeah. At uh, Texas Bible Institute. Mm -hmm. And so there's bound to been some kind of something going on there. Yeah. And I guess we got talking about it and, uh, we realized that at some point going on, but
0: now we, we looked it up and Terrence, you and I were talking about this before and it was pretty powerful. Yeah. You said, and we looked up secession Mm -hmm. planning, you know, we, we, we looked at, the transition that you and I did, how many years ago was it now?
1: It'd be four years, I think, in July. Yeah, in July, yeah, it'd be yeah. four years. Well, yeah, well, next July would be probably
0: five, right? No, this one's coming up four years. Because yeah. it was 2017. Okay. okay. Um, and it says, secession planning is a process for identifying and developing new leaders who can replace old leaders when they leave, retire, or die, right? Mm-hmm. So. And something jumped out to you. What jumped out to you?
2: It was the development aspect of that uh, conversation, because I think a lot of times we may be able to identify someone, but we don't always take the time to develop them. And um, developing someone is is very tedious, It's very long, It's very draining. And you have to put a lot into it to be able to do that. And so I think the fact that you have to develop someone is is key to this process.
0: And oh did I need development? <laughs> <laughs> well, let now I, I want an uh, here's the thing. I will not get upset. I yeah. want you to be honest and real. Yeah,
2: we're we gonna pray.
0: We're gonna pray. Yeah, give me some of the struggles you had developing me into the pastor I am today. Well,
1: <laughs> well you know, you were a youth pastor for 10 years. Yeah. That was that was a plus, mm-hmm. Amen. Because we didn't know that at that time that you would transition into mm-hmm. being pastor, because we didn't have a plan there either. Yeah, and so the people here at the church knew you and familiar with you, and but you know, uh, not everybody was still happy about it though. Oh yeah, so I didn't have much. Yeah, much, it wasn't too bad. It, you know. You still, when you started preaching here and there, you had that a lot of youth stuff that you would, you know, yeah. you still had. And I thought, oh, no, he's not not going to do that again. <laughs> and uh, don't make that mess on the floor, Chris, uh, uh, that demonstration, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> make sure you pick that up, you know. And I come in the next Tuesday and it still was on the floor still and you hadn't picked there. it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had to teach you how to keep house and stuff like that. but. Yep. Uh, I didn't have a bit of trouble with what she preached. You, you know, you preach the word just like I do.
0: Well, and you you brought that a lot in me. You know, yeah. Terrence, you've grown up from mm-hmm. you know in churches to where, mm-hmm. you know, knowing the word was important. Yeah, right. And that was one of the biggest things you put into me because it would be so easy to take someone like me mm-hmm. that can grab an intention, but th- there's got to be depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard pastors and preaching before to where it's just all fluff. Yeah, but there's not really much depth yeah. to it. What, yeah. Why do you think that's a, a scary thing to where you can preach a bun, you know, really good flavor, but there's not too much depth to it? What do you think could be a caution? What can be a, a problem with that?
2: Well, I I mean, I think you can get to a place where, you know, you're always, you know, it's like sugar. You know, you want to get the sugar and it gives you the high, but it doesn't feed you, you know, it doesn't feed your body. And I feel that when you get to these places where you are, you're hearing this fluff is you're getting that high, that experience that you want. But when you come down from that high, you have nothing left for you. You know, you have no substance.
0: That's good. And you, you, you put a lot of that into me. You Mm. challenged me. Well, yeah, I,
1: I remember telling you. Uh, I was up there, you know, sometime when you was preaching to the youth and I just would mention to you, uh, you need to share more word with yep. that. You know, you can, we can always do our illustrations all day long. Yep. I remember being in a, in a place, uh, a church for a little while where the pastor, he would get all excited and he would preach and going on and it was exciting and get sort of inspired. But you know, after you got home, you didn't remember what he preached. Yeah. Yeah. And so the word is what builds faith in you. So you right. gotta have the word is, got to is have what it. does the does the work in a heart.
0: So what were some of the struggles you had? You know, or let well before I ask that, let me ask you. When did you begin to know that secession planning and transition needed to happen?
1: Well, uh, I guess the Lord was dealing with me about it all the time. I didn't know that's what it was. Yeah, it would sometimes be a little difficult for me to get a message or, or what I was going to preach on a Sunday. But you know, it would always come together. Yeah, and uh, I started having some physical difficulties, which which made it a little bit more difficulty. Which I'm basically over some of that now. But uh, you know, and then I mean, Pamela would talk about it yeah. and discuss it and uh she said well what's your plan i said i don't have a plan <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's what yeah. happens you, right. you don't know uh like a non denominational church you don't have anybody that you can just draw from a big pool of preachers like the big denominations yeah. mm-hmm. so uh you just you just begin to pray about it and and think about it and pray about it just like the call of ministry when i went to quit mobile i Prayed for a whole week and fasted and prayed, but you know faith is a risk. Yeah, because you mm-hmm. you got to you you're praying that you're hearing correctly, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not just excited about doing something and it, that's not faith. That's presumption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to be sure that you're sure, and so uh, it was it was still hard because I bet. you you know you. You have to sit out in the audience now in a congregation in here, and it was hard for me a lot of times when you first started preaching, and I'd be preaching with you, and I'd be thinking, <laughs> well, he needs to say this, and I wanted to jump up and, and say something, <laughs> you know, add to it, and I had, I catch myself holding back. yeah, But now I'm more relaxed about that now. So, you know, it took a while to get relaxed about the whole thing because, you, you know, after 25 years, you know, you think – all you do is think Ministry, 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 in the church, and mm-hmm. and the whole thing. So, it's it's a quite a change.
0: What, um, Terrence? What have you seen? You know, because you and I have been around churches almost our whole life, mm-hmm. all different types of churches. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a church or, or, or you know, because I looked it up and they they um, interviewed five hundred companies. Mm-hmm. And 34% of those companies weren't ready and had a plan for secession training. Mm-hmm. or for, for They had no plan. Have you ever seen to where um, maybe a church wasn't prepared for the next generation? Have you ever seen that before?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I went to a conference uh, a few years ago, and they talked about – Uh, the transition between uh, pastors and generations and they said you can always minister to your generation because obviously you grew up in that generation and you can minister to the generation of your children because you helped raise them but by the time you get to the generation of your grandchildren you start losing some of that contact and I think that's really important and it really stood out to me because I, I thought well yeah I know my generation and I know the generation up under me but then when I get out there to the grandchildren I'm like wait what are they listening to what what how are they thinking things have changed rapidly but I think just the fact that we don't the concept of transition and succession planning is not even a common thing in the church is very troubling because why do you think that is I think some of it is, you know, pride, like you, you get there and, you know, you get comfortable and it's easy to get comfortable in a place that you're in and think this is what I always do, but God may have something different for you and that may be, that may be challenging.
0: Is that the way you see it? Kind of that, that pride? Right.
1: Well, you know, it's like, like you, you go to bed one, one day, night. you're 30 and you wake up, you're 60.
0: Yeah. And it,
1: <laughs> time, time just goes, goes as you get older, time goes faster. Yeah. No, I'll yeah. tell you, it does. It, it seems like it does anyway. And uh, but you know, with God as the common denominator in amongst mm-hmm. this thing, He has a plan. You just have to be able to pray and tap into the plan. Mm-hmm. And sometimes He just comes on the scene, even when you don't realize it. Yeah. It's sort of like with your situation. Mm-hmm. You know, here you are. You you was called in the ministry, and you I had didn't that com-
0: want to be a senior pastor.
1: Oh, you didn't want to be. No. I didn't know. Nope.
0: I never wanted it. Okay. Because I saw I got to see the background. Oh, yeah. I got to see the struggles and the things right. that you mm-hmm. had to go through and I was like, "No, I'm good. I'm just going to say youth pastor. Forget this." No, yeah. I teenagers are simple to deal with. I can deal with yeah. that. And I saw a lot of things you had to deal with. Right. See, I got I got the back table discussions mm-hmm. with him and <laughs> yeah. I got to see the things that you would have to deal with like mm. The hard seasons, like in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, the we tam-
1: downturn on two thousand eight yeah. was rough.
0: And and I got to see that. And I told Chelsea I said, "Well, I never want to be a senior pastor." And then all of a sudden, the anointing of me operating in just youth began to lift.
1: Right. That's,
0: and it was just like yeah. it, it, what it, what it felt like. I didn't have to do anything. It was just like, man, it was simple. Mm-hmm. It was. a struggle. Tra- dragging, and yeah. it was just like. I felt like I couldn't connect. I felt like I couldn't reach. Wow! I felt like I, I just, I just wasn't. It wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, you guys began to transition me to associate, right. and we started relaunch. Right. And remember, I was like, okay, this. And feels you good. got to preaching
1: every other week we or started so.
0: Preaching every other week, we right. did yeah. that.
1: Yeah, for a long time.
0: People ask, they're like, "Oh, you guys transi- transitioned 2017." I said. We started transition without even thinking about right. it. It just started years happening before that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so, good. You know, there was a lot of times too to where I can tell you this. I'm gonna tell on myself. Okay, come on. I have no problem telling on myself. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't. It's just I. I get. I tell this story because I hate this about the way I used to think. I hate this about the way I used to think. But I think this goes back to what you said about that raising up, Mm -hmm. right? I can remember when Marty would come, and I'd be like, this is it. This is the Sunday. He's going to say, Chris, it's time for you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Young, arrogant Chris. But it wasn't – I didn't want it to come from a place of arrogance. I just – but it did. Yeah, right. It did. There was no way around it. And I can remember – I would be like waiting for it. Well, a guy came and spoke Mm. and I'm up at the altar and I'm waiting for him and he comes and gives me a word and he says, Chris, I see you as a stallion. I said, oh, he's on. Oh, he's hearing from God. (laughs) And he says, I see you as a stallion, a thoroughbred running horse. And I said, preach, preacher, get it. And he said, and you're in the you're in the stalls right now. And I said, open up the door, Lord, open up the door. And he said, and if I let you go right now, God says you will hurt yourself and break everyone around you. (laughs) What? If I would have become senior pastor in that season, Mm -hmm. that exact thing would have happened. Mm -hmm. No doubt. I had to be behind someone and raising me up like you, that had patience with me Mm
2: -hmm. to develop,
0: to develop, you taught me and to have, and to get, you get these ideas of just, you know, youthful excitement. You know, you know what I kind of felt like? I felt like Joseph. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you my dream of all the stars bowing, you know, and all of a sudden
1: where did Joseph end up in the prison?
0: (laughs) But that's, I'm so glad it didn't happen at that time because I wasn't ready to carry it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to carry it. And and, and just over every week I'm pastor, I get to have an appreciation of the ministry that you've carried and continue to carry for 25 plus years. So what was some of the struggles you had of the transition? What was some of the hardest parts for you of the transition? Well, not getting the little
1: message every Sunday, I just enjoyed you know mm-hmm. studying the Bible. You know a lot of pastors can just uh get a sermon and they it's on them all week long and they sit down and a few hours they've got the sermon i don't I never was like that i yeah. I read and pray and study, and it might take me couple of days to get where I wanted to be, yep. you know, and finish up like that. So I had to do my time, just space my time just right. But sometimes an emergency would arise and then that would mess me up. And I might be on a Sunday morning and getting to my message right at the last <laughs> minute, you know, <laughs> hopping it off.
0: You would tell me all the time. Now, Chris, it's Saturday and I don't, uh, you, you just be ready. You always told me to be ready just in case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, you never know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, it's just, uh, I guess another part is you start to feel like you're useless. Mm-hmm. Feel like you're uh, not where you're supposed to be. You just feel kind of lost a little bit. And I had to deal with that a lot, you know, and I, I knew that wasn't God. I knew that was me because I knew how the I was able to separate the soul from the spirit, so to speak. You know how the Word of God does that. So, you know, without having a having a basically a renewed mind and a spirit where I could I could understand the difference, I knew God was in it, so I knew it wasn't God, but it's just a feeling that I was going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul Apostle Paul makes it real plain, you never walk by feelings or yeah. by sight. You walk by faith. And yeah. I had to faith my way through <laughs> a lot of times to get get that, you know, to keep from you know, I don't wanna to like to use the word depression. It wasn't a depression, but you know, just just, you know, stay stay as even keeled as you could. Yeah. And then as the time went on and you began to take over and preach and and you know, the churches since since you since you've had the church, it's quadrupled in size. Yeah. So there's no doubt that, you know, we're in the right spot.
0: But you know what's funny is this. We did we haven't done any billboards, we haven't no, done No advertisement, any, name. nothing. What we, we we post our stuff on social media. Yeah. And that's all we do. Yeah. Um You know, let me let me ask you a question. Did you ever find yourself comparing yourself to me?
1: Yeah, all the time. I did too. Yeah.
0: Now, I
1: say, now, why couldn't I think of that? Why couldn't I preach like that? <laughs> but I was rebuked by God one time about that. What? I was, I was, uh, it was a S- Sunday night. I was getting ready for bed. I was soaking in the bathtub. Somebody I get into the tub and soaking in a hot, you know, just relax. Mm. And I was praying about it. I said, well, now, why can't I preach like that? This guy, like Billy Graham and like Christopher and like this and like that, and, you know, different preachers I knew and different ministries. And I felt the Lord says, because he says, I created you to be you, and you're not to copy nobody else. You're who you are, so forget about it and just be you. And that wow. was, and I, I had some ministry from my older lady uh, that was went to this church, and I kind of talked to her about it a little bit. After that, and she's told me this kind of the same thing. So I knew God was speaking. He confirmed it.
0: Watch your elbows. It's going to be loud. This table echoes like crazy.
1: So she confirmed it.
0: Wow. What? Terrence, why do you think that I'll switch this? Mm -hmm. Because let me, something for you to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm going to say this and while I'm thinking this. I want you to think about why, you know, you said raised up. Why do you think young pastors sometimes struggle with planting themselves long enough to be trans to to be raised up. So mm-hmm. something to think about, and I'm gonna go to you. I always felt like people saw me as a kid next to you. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I like I compared my stuff to you. I was like, golly, you know, you've forgotten more word than most people I know have learned. <laughs> you, you, you have. You just know the word. Every situation I've known about you is that you have been able to bring word into it. You're like a walking you know you're sitting there and be like yeah that's this and and it's written here and I was just like that amazed me and I was like father I can't be senior pastor I can't quote the word like that and then but then the holy spirit told me said how long has he been serving how long has he been walking you've had that much more time to soak it up and to learn it and to put it in you you're obviously going to know more word Obviously for as long as you've served God, you've been serving God for a long time. Yeah, forty four years. Forty four years that's time. gonna come out.
1: Long well, time. you know what what you know, a lot of people have asked me that and you know, when I worked for mobile, I would drive drive it'd take me a thirty minute drive to get where I was going mm-hmm. and I would pray the whole time. And you know one of the one of the things I would pray wow. and I realized you know, after that what was happening. And King David says in one of the Psalms, he said, quicken me according to your word. Mm. And I look up the word quicken is make the word of God alive in me. And so praying that prayer every day, the Holy Spirit says, "Okay, it's happening because you asked for it. You only get what you ask for. I like Mm, that. Yeah. So I was preparing myself for ministry even before I knew I was, Mm. but. You know, that's maybe why I waited 14 years. I don't know why I waited, you know. I got the call when I was in my 30s. And I didn't start doing ministry until I was 48.
0: Oh, wow. You started when you were 48?
1: 47, 48, something like Golly. that. And so, you know, that's a long time. But believe it or not, Apostle Paul waited 14 years yeah. before he, he went. And, and, you know, a lot of people thought he got saved and went off preaching. Well, he was doing a little preaching, but he didn't really get mm. uh confirmed till 14 years when he met the rest of the apostles oh
0: wow Mm. why do you feel to go back why do you feel like it's hard for a young for uh, a younger generation to truly plant themselves long enough to be raised up for a situation like this
2: um i thought about the situation where you talked about where you said you know i wasn't ready to be pastor at that time and i would like to think that maybe you were ready but you were not prepared and so those are two different things you could be ready and not be prepared And Uh, so, yeah, you were ready to go out there and launch into it, but there was still preparation and work that needed to be done. So you had the, you know, excitement to go out and be a pastor, but there were still things that God needed to work on you and prepare you. And so I think about Moses who, yes, you know, and, and same thing like Pastor Lane was saying, like, you know, he was... It took him 40 years, what, 80 years to do 40 years of service. It wasn't like he just got out there. And so I think a lot of it is just understanding and yeah. teaching. You know, we live in a microwave society. Everything is instant gratification.
0: And see, you know, that's so true, because I can tell you this. I had a few job oper- offers. Mm-hmm. I had there churches contact that's,
2: ha- that's how it happened. You know, I had mm-hmm. churches contact was for you,
0: And they're like, hey, I got an offer for a church in Houston one time to run their youth ministry. And yeah, I got, I got an offer from multiple different places and I'd go and I'd go Chelsea and go, Hey, um, i have got offer. And I would just tell her, you know, because I didn't want to stay if Holy Spirit was telling me to go, mm-hmm. but then I didn't want to go. If Holy Spirit was telling me to stay, I wanted to be where I was supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that's, that's the battle on yes. whether it's you or the Holy Spirit.
0: And And that's the thing is that, I would go into and I would lay it before even Chelsea, and I'd go, "Hey, here's here's the thing." Yeah. And but I can remember I would have conversations with Madre about this. You know, if if you guys don't know, Madre is my wife, your wife. Pamela. And what's funny is this is that a lot of times if people are in my position, yeah, what they'll do is Come they'll on. flirt with this, yeah, yeah, and not bring it to people to, in order to hear a no. You know, like, yeah. oh, I don't want to go to my pastor about it. Why not? Why you, not? you were the the shepherd over my life. That's it. And that would test pride. Yeah, I knew if it wasn't something I was willing to go to you about, then I, then you and I, it would have been. A, there was a, there was a sign that was a warning sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, you mean I can't even go to my pastor about this? Why would I hide this from you? If it was God sending me yeah. somewhere else, you should be hearing a yes that's in your it. spirit. Yeah, about Yeah, it. that's it. You. Am I right? That's
2: it. That's right.
0: And that's one thing I think if people are struggling, if wondering about transition, well, I feel like I'm, you know, this is not going. Has the Holy Spirit released you and have you gone to your pastor?
2: Mm -hmm, That's it.
0: And if you're afraid to go to your pastor, then we need to talk about the issue why you're afraid to go to your Mm -hmm. pastor. But we can sit here now and people have come up to you that have been, maybe came to the church a long time ago. And they'll run into you and go, oh, how's that little, that that, that church going out there? Trying to get you to talk in your flesh. And try to, I know you've told me that that's happened Mm -hmm. a few times. How'd you respond?
1: I I say God's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And everything's doing good. We're in God's will. I just, you know, I just keep it in the the God realm. And that way they can't say nothing bad about it. Because we know it, know it's, he's in control.
0: And see, that's what I've loved about it. And that's what I've loved about him is that I know you and I are two opinionated individuals. We're (laughs) strong-willed. We're pastors, right? There has been countless times I've done things that you've disagreed with. And there's been countless times that you've done things that I've disagreed with. But what I've always appreciated is this. You and I have never taken that outside of you and me or our wives, We've never sat there. You didn't drag my name through the church just to, oh, to bring your pride up, and I didn't do that either. Mm-hmm. You and I would – it's funny. Him and I will have our conversations, and we'll start to raise our voice, and Chelsea's like, y'all quit. And I'm like, no, we're talking. Yeah, we're yeah. just talking. It's
1: like we're, think just think we're talking. arguing. That's just the way we talk.
0: And then we get through it. Right. But yet we're sitting here as somebody in their 70s and somebody in their 30s, mm-hmm. and we're running together. Successfully, right, it's not that you've retired, you just got reassigned right you well,
1: you it? know it's like I told you here a few months ago, weeks ago, it's because I stepped down as senior pastor, I still have a call no and doubt, God's uh calling her without repentance, he doesn't rebuke take the call away. you might change the the how you're doing things, but you still have the call,
0: yeah. No doubt, because you still have things.
1: Because I still see things. Yes, (laughs)
0: but you and I have conversations about all, we we bounce stuff off each other all the time. Right. If I take you out of the equation, I've lost every bit of wisdom you bring to it. Oh, yeah. Right?
2: Moses didn't get rid of Jethro.
0: No. Jethro comes in and says, hey, you need Mm -hmm. to fix something. Yeah, you got to fix it. It's hot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had to turn the AC off. If you know, this is part yeah, of the well. can we be real? Oh. We can't do nothing Why, about we're, it.
1: We're supposed to sweat while yeah, we're doing we must, this. Yeah. So
0: can, can I tell you a piece of advice I got? Is Can we be real? Can, can, can we be real? <laughs> can I tell you a piece of advice that a pastor gave me? <laughs> he told me I needed to send you to another church for eight months so the church could get used to me as pastor. Send me? Send you to another church. Oh, me, me? You. Yeah, you. And I sat there and they said, the church needs to be able to see you as senior pastor. I said, if the church can't see me as senior pastor with you there with me, we did it
1: wrong. Do you know what that thinking is? What? That denominational thinking. Mm. Because uh, usually when in the denominations, when the pastor is voted out, yeah, voted in or voted out. The new pastor comes in. That former pastor, he he exits immediately, and you never see him no more because of that very idea yeah. behind that. I can't tell but you how many times. that's uh, that's not run like a theocracy. That's run like a denomin- like a democratic thing. You know, like changes of presidents, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not. You don't know, I think because the way way the Lord has told us to create, you know, run the church the way to do it, I think that was totally not the, you know, the norm. I should be seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pe- pe- but we, we
0: understand your voice
1: needs to be heard. Yes.
0: People would sit there, and I can remember it would be like a month in, mm-hmm. and they'd come up to him, and he'd go, that's not a me question. That's a Chris question. Yeah. And he would point them to me. Pamela would point them to me. That's and good. I know that wasn't easy. That's good. Yeah.
1: Well it got to be easier. I said, Oh, that's all for me now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you know, I, I sit here and and I think because there was a lot of hard times that I know that you I know that you talk about it and we talk about it like it's a simple thing. But there was times where it was just I, I would be like, All right, you know, golly, this is hard. Transition wasn't easy. It it was not as easy as we made it look. Mm-hmm. There was some hard times. Right. Yeah. Right. There were some probably decisions I made that you were like, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, like uh, <laughs> taking a carpet. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was hoping you would let's talk about that. You come in on a Tuesday oh, yeah. and the carpet is ripped out of the sanctuary. Well you told
1: me you were gonna do it or yeah. you, you know, you talked you, you let me know ahead of time and want to know what I thought about it. <laughs> what did I say? Well, Let me think about it. You know, let me me get used to the idea. I wasn't going to stop you. Yeah. But you wanted to tell me what was going on. Yeah. It's your decision, but you wanted to flag me ahead of time. Yeah. And I thought, this is going to look terrible. (laughs) And, you know, after it happened and the way you fixed, you know, you shined it up the floor. A lot of people complimented They liked the idea. Yeah. You know, I got kind of used to it. Yeah. And then you fixed up the pulpit different mm-hmm. and everything. So it kind of flowed right. It was,
0: it was what you need to do. You know, it was the the way he processes is verbally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I talk out loud.
0: Yeah, he, he does. Think out loud. I think yeah. out loud. Right? And I had to learn it. Once I knew your heart, I knew you weren't questioning my decision. You were processing
1: it. Right, processing.
0: But that's the type of relationship we had to walk out. What have you noticed from an outside perspective? What have you noticed about the way we operate or the way we transition? Because you've been here pretty much the whole time. Yeah, yeah,
2: most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I thought that everything was very respectful and I thought it was done in the way that it needed to be done. Um, I mean, I don't really have much else to comment on it. I I just think y'all did a really great job. And, you know, like you said, I never saw any of the division or any of the fighting. I thought y'all worked very well together. Obviously, transition is going to be hard. It's going to be ugly. But you did a really good job of keeping God in the center.
0: Why do you think that's important?
2: Well, it's important because, I mean, you're you're shepherding a flock and people are going to be looking and watching all of your moves. So if Pastor Lane is being disrespectful to you, then it, it gives people a right to say, well, I'm going to be disrespectful to Pastor Chris as well and vice versa. So you have to really be careful what you do in front of people because people will take that and, and run left with it.
0: You know what I've noticed too is that in the beginning, a lot of times the people that were in their 60s or 70s or 80s would come up to you and they were kind of, making sure that they felt safe based on how you felt. Yeah. Right. you know They were in. They you, trusted me. Yes. Right. Right. Why do you think that's important for, for a generation? Cause then the younger would look at me and be like, wait, hold on, you know, or, or let's run, let's run. And I'm like, Hey, let's take time. Right. Cause we didn't change anything for the first year except right. bathroom signs. Right, That's all we did. Right. And, and I think it's important that you don't change too much. Because yeah. we have a phrase that sheep have short legs and you lead at the speed of trust. If you change too much, you have people that are like, you know, I'm not saying you don't need to change because right. we've changed.
1: But, but believe it or not, that was one of the advices of our, our apostle, our former apostle, Pastor Pearsall. Pearsall. He said, you, you change slow at a time. You know, yeah. if you're going to, you're going to, Put a door in a wall over here for a room or whatever. You're going to change it. You start talking about it a little bit at a time. And then you get people used to used to it. So when the, they come in and the door is there, they don't think nothing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't do certain things suddenly because you don't want to scare sheep too fast. The Sheep scare mm-hmm. easy.
0: What, what have you seen? <laughs> what have you noticed growing up in church? Because this kind of connects to what him, uh, what me and Pamela talked about, Pamela and I talked about of the generations running together. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's so hard so often in church to where, can we be real? When I want, I don't want to be, can we, I have no problem with churches that have services for the older couples and then services. No problem. I don't like to operate like that. That's just me. I don't either. What, why do you think it's important for the generations to walk together even in church?
2: well i mean just thinking about it you know from an outside perspective if you if you have two generations you know one generation has something that the other generation needs and typically right. what happens is the generation after the previous one goes to the opposite far left or far right side from the opposite generation. So then you have that temperance there. um, But you also have wisdom and you have knowledge and you have, you know, the strength and you have all of that put together and you really have a completeness that God um, wants for, you know, his children. So I think that the generations do need to run together because you know, obviously as a young person, you know, it's like, I want to do these things. And then it's like, you know, the generation above you is there to give you that wisdom. Like, Hey, maybe these are some things to think about. And you're like, wait, that never even crossed my mind. You know, you're like, okay, maybe I need to do that. And you know, sometimes, you know, the generation before you, you know, has gotten tired and gotten weary and the generation um, behind them, is like, okay, let's move, let's move forward. Let's keep it going. So they keep that energy there as well.
0: And I've seen that a lot. You know, I've grown up in church as well too. To where the same people will do the same ministries that run the same things, and then they they're like, "Well, nobody's helping. Who have you trained up? Mm-hmm. Who have you taught? Yeah, you know if it, if the ministry was always about you, and I've seen that in church. You should
2: before. always be training new people. Always you should always be developing.
0: Always, and and I've seen that to where somebody found their identity, and mm-hmm. I think that this is that's where we, yes. <laughs> we need to be real. Yeah, that's where we need to be. Your identity was. God was working in you because your identity was pastor of New Life Fellowship. And he was expanding your identity for you to see. And I, and mine was identity of, well, I'm just the son of the house. And he had to get an orphan spirit out of me mm. to have confidence to be pastor. Mm. Because I've seen that before to where senior pastors don't know who they are if they don't preach. Right. They don't know who they are outside. If they're not studying, if they're not preaching, they don't know who they are. And then all of a sudden they show up and they're not the one with the pastor's office and they're not the ones with the the position. They struggle to find out who they are. And that's a hard place to find, oh, yeah. especially if you've been ministering as long mm-hmm. as you have. Right, right, And I see that a lot in church to where, like, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm already praying for who's going to come after me.
2: No, that's not crazy.
0: You know, I, I, I am. Because I want it to be to where your ceiling is my floor, and then my ceiling is their floor. I, don't, I, I think it's stupid of, well, you know, this is how I learned, and you need to learn. You learned a lot of lessons that I didn't need to go through. Mm-hmm. Now, some I've had to, but you taught me. And I want the generation after, I, I want to be able to hand that over beautifully. Our transition was amazing. I've had pastors message me. How'd y'all do it? Mm-hmm. You know, how'd you do it? But I'll, hey, I'll tell you this. Do you know what was a struggle? I had people coming up to me that didn't even go to our church that would go, hey, Chris, a pastor told me this. You had just had your heart attack. Just had your heart attack. You were in the hospital bed uh, mm-hmm. and a pastor came up to me and said, hey, how's Lane doing? He's good. We're praying for him. Does this mean it's your turn? I'm about to hit a pastor. I I I, I, I had to calm myself down because that was so disrespectful Very to me. Very disrespectful. You. The man that started this church out of nothing, mm-hmm. out of nothing, who sewed and worked and 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 sowed into me. Mm-hmm all of a sudden was ready to just write you off to me. That that upset me. Mm-hmm. I had to go home and calm down. Mm-hmm. Younger Chris would have let that hit my flesh and be like, ah, you know, hey. At that moment, I was like, "What? that's disrespectful to the years you've carried. You were still in the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And this was a pastor. Yeah. So I knew... That not all wisdom and advice from people that are in this position are what I needed to follow. Mm-hmm. You Got to be careful. Did you did you go talk to anybody outside this situation? Did you you know wh- who who were the people that helped you in transition? Who were the people that advised you and helped you in the oh, situation? With transition? Yeah.
1: Well, uh, Pamela helped me a lot. She's you know, the you know, Bible says he finds a wife finds That's a good, good thing. She's mm-hmm. been a definitely. A, Powerful help person, yeah. helpmate to me. She has a lot, a lot of wisdom, and she helped me. And uh, outside of that, I think Brother Pearsall helped some yeah. on that situation. And uh, I think we just kind of sit down one day and just started putting it together how we were going to do it. Yeah. The you know I don't I hate to use the word program at a church, but you know, when we did it officially, yeah, we had the ways, the way we the steps we were going to do it. Oh, well, yeah. although transitioning yeah. wasn't just that one day; no. it was a process. We process, were in a yeah. process yeah, for yeah. really yeah. several years, yeah, and we really didn't know all of that, but it was happening. It was just, you know, God, God just started unfolding the plan. You know, God don't tell you everything at one time because you no. couldn't, you couldn't handle no. it. No. Yeah. So it just a little bit of time and and then we put it down on paper, and we had Marty Gabler come mm-hmm. and and m c the whole thing and <laughs> we had the newspaper come put it in the paper because yeah. you know i'm a s I'm a son of the city I was born yeah. raised in seguin mm-hmm. and uh and you know everybody knew about you know what we were doing down here, and I thought it was a good good thing that people understood, and I think a whole lot of people came and
0: yeah, and we had we had a lot of people here. A, they they were like that. Was a lot they were people. like that's a powerful service, and it was right. just a transition yeah. service.
1: And you know the way I the way we talked about each other, and the way M- what Marty said, it's it just we complimented one another, and and uh, but you know as far as advice, I think God just worked with us.
0: So what would be some advice you would give? A pastor comes up. He's been pastoring for a long time, and it's time to transition. What's some advice you're going to give to him?
1: Well, in order to, I would like to use the word legacy. That's good. You know, I'm I'm going to be able to leave a legacy to my family and to this city and to the people here because of what, you know, the Lord was able to allow to work through me and, and, uh, Pastors need to have an idea of where they're going. You know, they're not always going to be able to to past all the way up until they're 80, eighty, eighty, ninety. You know, some of them do, and then they don't have anybody to take over, and the, and the church dies. Wow. So uh, people need to be thinking about that. You know, it's hard for it's it's hard when you're just starting out, or when you're in the middle range of your pastor to be thinking about that. You don't think about it, yeah. But you need to think about That's it. It's good, but you know. Your denominational churches—I'm talking about mainly non-denominational yeah. churches. Your denominational churches all—they have all way different ways they run it. Some yeah. of them are appointed.
0: This was just for us.
1: They're appointed, and some are voted in and voted out. And uh, mainly, the deni- non-denominational churches' uh, pastors—you know—find out about somebody. And maybe they'll call them and tell them to come yeah. talk to them. And,
0: you know, I would tell a young pastor. Don't lose the senior pastor while looking at the position you might get to hold. I don't need to just look at the glowing of what the potential was and miss that you're a real man that has to go through real emotions, that has to make real decisions. This wasn't easy. And I don't need to just sit there and look at the podium and and forget the man that stood behind the podium for so long. Mm -hmm. I needed to honor that. I needed to walk in honor so that I could be I I can't expect to walk in a position of honor if I'm not willing to honor the one that carried it right. for so long. What What would you say What would you tell a young pastor that's that's next in line what would you tell from somebody that's, you know, a, a young man of faith, but that has grown up and got much wisdom? What would be some advice that you would have that he's sitting there and and he's getting ready to transition? What would be some advice you would give to a young pastor?
2: Um, I would say probably, you know, have a good wise counsel, you know, uh, have people that have been in the faith, that have gone before you, that have seen things and really take and glean from them. Um, because they can really be a guide for you as you get ready to transition. So that's just one thing I can think of.
0: So we are in the craziest season I've ever experienced. I know you've experienced as a pastor and we had the conversation. I asked you, I said, we were just having fun. I said, what would you have done if you had, you know, pastoring through a pandemic that we've gone through? And I asked what, what difference would you have done? What was your answer?
1: I say, I'm glad you're pastor.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said you were like, Chris, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I don't know
1: what I would I, I have done. I didn't have the technicalities of the media and the, and the way you work things and all of the modern equipment on how you run things, which is a plus Yeah. to be able to go out in the parking lot. And, you know, some some churches have had to shut down. Yeah, you know, there's I'm churches believing. in in some states that are totally shut down. Yeah, because they don't have that ability to to do what they need to do. Yeah, but uh, you know, we were you was you was born for such a time. God knew when you were you started pastoring It was this was going to happen. This didn't catch him off guard. No, no. And he had the right man for the right season, just like he did in the Bible all the time. You know, Moses had Joshua. Yeah. And when Moses passed on, Joshua was there to pick up the thing and move into the promised land. Moses did not get to go into the promised land. Yeah, Yeah. But Joshua
0: went in and took it it over. Mm -hmm. See, and what you helped me with so much was while I was sitting there telling the church, hey, everybody, this is what we're going to do, in the back I'm like, what if this don't work? You know, what if this doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Great. This had to happen while I'm pastor. Awesome, because they don't really have a class called Pandemic Pastoring One Hundred and One. Yeah, it's not there. It's gonna be, but <laughs> yeah,
2: probably will but be now.
0: You taught me how to be, have faith in my calling mm. and have faith that God was gonna be faithful to His Word. Right, no, and, and you you showed me to stand there and, and in the midst of hard trials because of what we've walked through together. I watched you walk through a church split, if you could call it
1: that. Yeah, well, sort almost. of, almost.
0: I watched you walk through that. I watched you pastor through ev- people that said they were going to be with you for forever, dipping on you and leaving you. I watched right i I've, I've watched you do that, and I was able to say if and if we lose everybody but i'm g go- i am I saw you do it, and that taught me how to walk through a hard time that taught me how to I have mean. hope and have faith and, 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 and be able to stand up and have wisdom. You you Amen. taught me that. Amen. I, I got to watch you do that, right? Amen. Right. Not everybody. And let me be clear. If you're part of a church that they, they vote in a pastor, good on you, right? If you're part of a church that they appoint, good on you. You got called to start a church with no backing. Nobody. Nobody. So God had to do it this way, right? right? So So he had to do it. And it's helped us a lot because we've got to sit here and we get to see what God's doing Mm -hmm. and we're getting to see some pretty cool stuff in the midst of a hard time. So Terrence, what do you think? What do you think when we're facing such a, such a hard time of, you know, with transitioning of different generations, it feel like the generations are splitting so much. Why do you think, this kind of goes back to what Pamela was talking about. Why do you think there is such a struggle for this type of thing to actually work more often?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. I think some of it is that we're probably focusing on division so much, you know, instead of looking at how we can work together. Cause it's, you know, you have all these studies that come out about, you know, Gen Z is this way. Gen X is this way, you know, Um, you know millennials are this way and we've started operating more in those fractions you know of how we're different that we're not really looking at how our differences actually complement each other so I think our focus may need to shift whereas we're like okay well you this is how you work with these people or you know but really looking at how we complement each other more than how we're different
0: that's really good because you and I are a lot alike on some things but there's a lot of things we couldn't be more different. Right. Well, we are cut from two different cloths. And if you would have lined us up, you probably wouldn't have paired us together many times. No. But yet we sit here right. and it works. Right. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, he, the Lord drew from my strengths. Mm.
0: That's what you were just talking about.
1: And and uh, he drew from your strengths. And the... Uh, my weaknesses become your strengths. Mm. And my and, weaknesses, you
0: strength. Right. So,
1: you know, iron sharpens iron, so to speak, like the Bible says. But uh, the bottom line is a God thing. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing I, you know, and and he was able to keep us lined up enough. To, and, you know, you know, it was so amazing that you, you know, you met Chelsea. Yeah. At a Bible college, and then you, you know, Christopher did it the old-fashioned way. He asked for Chelsea's hand. He came to me and asked. You know, they don't people don't do that a lot no more. No, yeah. They just run off and get married, you know. And so he did that, and we, and you know, then where did
0: I ask? Remember? Huh? Do you remember where I asked you? What you asked me? Where? Where? Mm-hmm. No, I
1: don't. Behind the pulpit. Was that okay? Uh-huh.
0: I said <laughs> this is where Oh yeah, okay. I have okay. a dream of yeah. being, you know, right. this is in in from one pastor to another. Right. You know. So, give me I'm going to give you something and see if you can think of something. What what's some one what of the biggest changes you've seen in me? Cuz what I've seen in you is you've softened up so much. Well, right. You
1: you get Mellow as you get older, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you've softened up so much, and you know th- things that used to stress you out like crazy. I know they probably still do. He just knows how to hide it. But uh, y- you've mellowed out so much of like things that used to bother you don't bother you anymore. Mm-hmm. You've, y- you've, man, yeah. it's been pretty fun to watch. Yeah. What about me? Change that you've seen well, in me. Well,
1: uh, you're you're much more mature. Mm-hmm. In, in the way you uh, preach now, and, you know, mm-hmm. in the way you project yourself. Yeah. And your sermons have de- definitely got more depth to them. A whole yeah. lot of depth. I mean, you have really expanded on some good stuff that I thought. I come home and says, Pamela, how in the world is
0: <laughs> Why
1: did I have to think about stuff like that? <laughs> and this came but from there, me. There again, you know, I'm, I'm not him. He's not me. Church. I was wearing yeah. shorts.
0: But. What? Remember the sermon? I, I was wanting to teach people that it didn't matter what you wore, so I took my my dress pants off and I was wearing shorts on underneath. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going. Oh yeah. Flip. Anyway, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the look on that was half my fun. Was to just get a reaction out of you, like we right. would do a an illustration. You'd be like, "Oh, the carpet!" Holy, oh, <laughs> it was so much fun. And
1: you know, some people are gonna they're gonna dress like they're going to the mall, come to church. You know, and uh, here we go, get it. You don't normally dress real up, you know. to no. preach. Uh, odd oh, for the first twenty five years, I wore a suit and tie all yep. the time. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's and, nothing and wrong and with And you're going to
1: see me as it gets cooler weather. I'm going to be wearing a sports coat or a coat with probably yeah. without a tie because that's just who I am.
0: Yeah, and I like that.
1: And I still, you know, I still have some problems with the holy blue jeans and all of that <laughs> stuff. Back in my day, we patched them up. Yeah. But, you know, I know things, generations change and yeah. stuff. Ideas change. That's good. So we just go with the flow. I met my yeah. former pastor Uh. Brent Williams' father. Yeah, and you know he—he's like ninety. One of those pastors you'd be around and you felt safe. Oh, uh,
0: that's good. Just safe. People say the same thing about you. Really? Uh
1: huh. Well, maybe he rubbed off on me. There you go. And uh, we went to that—you sh- know—when he went over there for a couple of days. I remember and, that, yeah. And we—he was sitting in the in the foyer on a stool back there with a cup of coffee and a little table, and. He was talking to me and he says, he said, now, who would have thought that I'd be sitting here in the foyer in a church wearing blue jeans?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it? Because it was dress pants, dress slacks, and that's it?
1: He was wearing blue jeans and, oh, Lord, he's wore a t- shirt and tie all the time, yeah. even when he wasn't pastoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't in the pulpit.
0: Yeah.
1: So that was a change for him. You know, I'm sure it was hard for him to think about for a while. Yeah but he, he got used to it and you know, people went just up to him and just loved him and talked yeah. to him. And so he really made a mark on my life.
0: Yeah. Any last thoughts you've got, Terrence, anything that popped up? Any about this transition stuff, anything that you were thinking? No. I wanted to give you an opportunity. Thank
2: you for the opportunity, but I, I have you. nothing. I have nothing left to say. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate
0: you oh. jumping on. I appreciate you. You and I've got some podcasts coming up. About okay. Yeah. Situations. Let's go. Oh, we we going to be getting real. I'm ready. Um, I thank you for jumping on and and being here with me. I appreciate it. I I enjoyed it a
1: lot more than I thought I would.
0: Yeah, see? (laughs) would you believe it's been an hour? Oh, really? An hour? I told you. How about that? Watch out now.
1: Are we still on on film now?
0: Yeah, we're still on film, finishing out. All right. So, um, any last pieces of information? Anything, any last things you were thinking about, something you wanted to say, anything at all?
1: Well, you know... Just just uh, doubt your doubts. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, just just go on. And when you feel like God's speaking to you, you know, go ahead and walk it out. Wow. And uh, if you get off on the wrong direction, he'll get you back on the right direction. That's you awesome, just keep man. praying and believing God. But, But, you know, faith, like I say, is sometimes a risk. But you just keep praying and keep walking, and he'll keep guiding you. I can remember when I first came to the Lord. The first thing I did went to the, my first pastor. I said, "I said I want to be in God's will." Amen. Said, how am I? In, how do mean. I stay in God's will? And the pastor says, "Well, he said you just pray and read your word and listen to good preaching and serve God, and you'll stay in His will." Wow.
0: I would say I want to be very careful on how I say this, but at the same time, it's what I want to say. There's a thousand ways to become a pastor.
2: Yeah, you can do it online.
0: Yeah, you can do it online. There's a thousand ways to become a pastor. right? Mm-hmm. You could get you know, your degree for it. You can go online to ministry jobs type stuff, and you can get a job. It's, there's a thousand ways to get a pastor, to, be, to become a pastor. But I would not have done it any other way. Um, and it took some time. but I would not be the pastor who I am today if I would not have done it this way. Mm-hmm. I, it, of submitting myself under leadership, mm-hmm. submitting myself under the appointed man of the house, mm-hmm. and serving not with promotion in mind, but serving in mind. Yeah, right. Serving with not the next promotion in line, Because if I get promoted when I want to get promoted, then I might not be ready for it and it may not be God. But serving and submitting under leadership you can trust uh, and where God has placed you, God never released me here. God never released me. He never said go somewhere else and temptations may come. But for young pastors that are watching, Mm. be careful who you listen to. Be careful for the people that want to see careful. your name bright mm-hmm. because the people that want to see your name bright will also be the people that drag your name if things go They'll wrong.
2: Yeah, do that.
0: You've been with me in the mud, and you've been with me in the stage. Mm-hmm. When, when I've done something wrong, you've taken the brunt of it and then corrected me when no one saw. You know, I, So I would tell, be very careful because, man, my personality is the type that careful. people want to promote real quick. Be very careful for the people that want to give you a platform but not the integrity it takes to stand on that platform. Mm-hmm. And you care just as much as my integrity. You care just as much. And, and that's who I am today. And I know it's not for everybody. And it took time. And I had to submit my dreams to order. I had to submit my dreams mm-hmm. to timing. Mm-hmm. Just because you've got a dream for something doesn't mean you need to go find it right then. Right. You need to be faithful there. I was... Faithful. Preaching at Chili's, I was preaching at Anytime Fitness, I was preaching at all these places. Right. You know, you were preaching at the oil field. You oh, were ministering. We have got people at the church right now that I used to work with That's because true. of those seasons. That's true. So I would say, just be very careful for people that want to throw a platform under you, but don't want to check to see if your feet, feet can stand on it. And you did that for me. Right. So I, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I, I'm not the pastor I am if it wasn't for you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, can we be real? Episode five. Thank you guys so much. See you next time.